Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Coach Podcast. I am here with Laura, and today we are going to talk about the lost art of customer retention. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. I really like digging into customer retention because it's not really talked about much anymore. And everyone's talking about getting more clients, getting more clients, getting more clients, but we forget that keeping your current clients is way more cost effective. Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to growing your business, there are only three ways that we can do it. The first way is we can increase the number of customers we have. The second way is we can increase the average customer value of each customer. And the third way is we can increase our customer retention. All three of these allow us to increase the growth of our business. However, most people are just so narrow-minded and they're only focused on acquiring customers. And so often it comes literally at the detriment of almost ignoring their existing clients because mm -hmm. they're so hyper-focused on trying to get more people in the door. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to understand that, you know, if you are trying to grow a successful, scalable business, you cannot scale if you don't keep the customers that you do get. You'll constantly be on a hamster wheel, right? Yeah. And nobody likes being on a hamster wheel. Nobody likes doing cardio. So <laughs> we need to focus on keeping customers in the door. And I actually did a very in-depth training in our group, uh, the Momentum Lab community this week on customer retention, where I literally, I was telling people how you could double the growth and profitability of your company without ever acquiring a new customer. And so many people are like, their mind is blowing like, <laughs> but it's really, if yeah. you took your customer retention from an average of three months to an average of six months, you're making twice as much money without having to acquire any new clients mm -hmm. because everybody is staying with you twice as long. You don't have to worry about always being in that hustle mode. And, you know, I think, and I can speak to it. I know we've been through it so many times is that. When we get into that hustle mode and we're like, new client, new client, new client, new client, and then we like try and service them and you just forget about this and we just, we're just going back and forth and we never have any structure to what mm -hmm. we're actually doing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I was kind of thinking, why don't we kind of dive into, you know, some of the things that we do in terms of, you know, trying to increase our customer attention. And I just, I know that you're fantastic with it. Like your customer retention has been amazing, but I think it's really important to know, especially for fitness professionals is that customer retention for a personal training client is going to be much different than retention for a nutrition client. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that yes, but it doesn't always have to be, you know, I think your journey with your clients can evolve, you know, as with personal training clients, hell, I had clients for five years and it's because you see them every week and you're building this relationship with them, but that doesn't just happen. You know, you have to work for that. And in an online capacity where most nutrition coaching is taking place these days, you know, it's a lot harder to create that, that connection with your clients, which is why I think it feels a little bit different, you know, and <clears throat> with nutrition, people are hiring you for a very specific goal. And when you meet that goal, usually they're like, okay, cool, I'm done. Right. But there are ways to retain them longer 
if you do want to keep them on and, and help change other aspects of their life other than just their their weight loss or or whatever the goal is that they're they're initially coming to you for. Yeah. So is retention longer for in person because they're not reaching their goal? No. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. But it's no, cause they're, they're there. They establish such a, a close connection and a relationship mm-hmm. that they almost, they, they like come for the goal and they stay for the friendship and they continue to come. Yeah. And it's like the camaraderie that they start to get out of it, which is really, really cool. It's community, and, right? Yeah. People belong to something bigger than themselves. Exactly. And I think part of retention is, being able to facilitate that in an online component, you're able to increase your retention because nobody just wants to be a number where they just send a check-in and you know, you reply through an email and it's super transactional. And But given, there's always going to be those outliers, mm-hmm. you know, a super high-performance athlete or competitor where all they need is this little fine-tuning. They, they don't want to go to that, you know, quote-unquote online group class, like the equivalent of that person coming to like a boot camp class in person. Right. But I think like for retention purposes, we're not really worried about that, those clients because exactly. they are seasonal. You know, you're going to get them when they want to compete and then they're going to go away and they're going to come back. They'll be cyclical, right? When we're talking retention it's more so the lifestyle client the client whose goals go so much deeper than just the surface level physical goals that they come to you wanting to achieve right it's more so the mental emotional goals that you tackle after the fact or during that whole journey with them yeah absolutely and I think the first thing that I feel everybody needs to start with and to be honest I don't think you know the majority of people out there are doing is tracking so it doesn't matter what we're talking about. The very first step is always awareness. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to increasing our customer attention, we need to bring awareness to what our current retention is. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend of ours recently, and he was complaining about losing a couple clients. And I said, you know, just kind of hearing him out. And, you know, I understand, like, it's never fun to lose a couple clients. But I said, well, you know, how, like, what's your average customer retention? Because if, you know, those clients had been with them for like eight months, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, they might have just been at the end of their journey. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, make that sting any easier. But from a business perspective, you know, you shouldn't feel bad about that because, you know, you did well with them. You kept them for what we're hoping for. So and he's his answer was, well, I have no idea. Yeah. And I was like, we need to change that. Yeah, we need to dig into that. I remember like really being afraid of that number in the beginning. So I was like, well, I don't want to know. Like, what if if my my retention sucks? Like, it's way easier just to keep doing what you're doing and, you know, not really know what that number is and pretend like your retention is awesome, right? It's a lot harder to face the numbers. And I think building a really strong mindset around growing your business starts with facing the numbers. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier just to keep your head in the sand and ignore stuff. Yeah. But then when you run into problems, you have no idea what's actually going on. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea where you should focus, but the more data we're tracking within our business, when a problem occurs, we simply can review the numbers and we know what needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. One of the big things is if somebody comes to us and say they need more clients, we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to check out some other things first. Yeah. And one of them is how long is your customer retention? Because if your customer retention is below what we want it to be, you don't have 
a customer acquisition problem. You have a retention problem. Yeah. And all we need to do to fix your business is increase your retention. Yeah. You don't need to worry about new clients. And that's where they're, they're stressing out because they're always having to hustle for clients. Mm-hmm. And it's so, exhausting. It burns you out. It's frustrating and exhausting and really, really defeating when you can't make that happen. Yeah. And you know what? That burnout is probably why the retention sucks. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Secret pro tip. (laughs) But it's true. So we need to start tracking it. And it can be in the most basic format. A Google sheet, a spreadsheet where you have a list of your clients, which ones are active, when they started, when they finished. And it will auto-calculate the amount of days or months that they stayed with you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the goal, you should be trying to aim for a minimum of about six months. I think that would be really awesome. If you could hit six months with an online training client, you're doing great. Yeah. You know, if that's below that, you know, maybe it's three months, maybe it's four months, maybe it's eight weeks. Yeah. We have an issue. Yeah. And we see this with people that get very caught up in selling specific programs or you know having specific business models is where we start to see this a little bit but that's that's for another day to kind of diagnose that but as soon as we can bring awareness and attention to it you should be able to with the click of a button be able to see your average customer attention at any given time Mm -hmm. i would also say when you're tracking that also have the rate of what they're paying so that you can have their average customer retention and see what the average customer value is. Yeah. So they've been with you for four months. How much money did you make off that client? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And two, tracking why they say they're stopping, keeping in mind that they will not always tell you the real reason. You know, you may really have to dig with them and ask them for them to be honest with you because usually people stop because they say they can't afford it anymore. It's either that or they've reached their goals. One is great. One is not super awesome. If someone's just not happy with their service, they're just going to say, I can't afford it anymore. They're not going to say you're dropping the ball, right? So if you've been feeling like we just said, burnt out, like you're chasing your tail, like you're not giving them as much attention as you probably should be, which we'll dive into really soon here, you know, make sure you get the actual answer from them if you can, if they're open to sharing that with you in a way that you're not being defensive or pointing fingers, right? Be really open to the critical feedback and make notes of that. Because if you're dropping the ball, you need to know. It sucks to hear. It really sucks to hear. We've dropped the ball before, but you know, we had really good clients that would tell us, you know, like you look like shit, you look really tired all the time. You gotta, you gotta step it up a little bit. And that's like a really good reality check in this journey to realize, okay, people do notice when I'm exhausted. People do notice when I don't show up for them. You know, this needs to change so that I can grow, feel great growing and also service my clients the way they deserve to be serviced. hundred percent. Like everything that we feel and manifest ourself is always going to get passed on to our clients. So if we're in a negative space, things aren't going well, and then we simply, as a byproduct, we start to pass that along to our clients, and it just happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like happens by osmosis. You know, that's <laughs> like the most scientific. Word I know. <laughs> Do you even but, know what osmosis is? <laughs> not really. Is that the is that the little lip on water, or is that one meniscus? No, <laughs> no but when you know it's. It's so important to realize that a coaching 
relationship is exactly that. Yeah. It is a relationship. Yeah. And you have to treat it as such. Yeah. You have to pay attention. You have to care. And I think that's the foundation of customer retention. Mm-hmm. It cannot be transactional. No. If you're simply trying to make money, your retention is going to be shit and you will not be fulfilled. Right. It's what it comes down to, plain and simple. Yeah. And when we talk about paying attention, that leads into all of the things that you can do for retention. So like, you know, why don't you talk about kind of what we did when we had our facility, even for our retention strategies that we passed on to our staff? Well, you know, like before we dive into that, I actually just want to touch on the last point you made around treating your relationships like that, like relationships. You know, I think a lot of coaches, they're getting confused because they come into the industry and they're being told, you know, one biweekly or two biweekly calls a month and, you know, email check-ins on these days only. And they're making it very hard to build relationships relationships. It's too transactional. Right. You know, I think that coaches need to just follow their gut and their heart a little bit more rather than following what the gurus are saying around, you know, you got to set these boundaries. Yes. Boundaries are very important, but you have to understand too, that you're working with people. And if they feel like a number, they're not going to stay with you. The clients that I've retained the longest are the clients who I hop on an extra call with on Sunday, if they're having a hard day, or, you know, I'm reaching out to them every couple of days when their husband was in the hospital, or, you know, I know what's going on in their life intimately. And if I have a lot of clients and that feels impossible, I take notes. I make notes on the call so that when I get on the call with them, I'm not asking them the same surface level bullshit. I'm actually asking them about their daughter using her name, their dog using its name, you know, so that they feel like I actually give a shit because I do. And I know you do too, but you know, when you try and set all of these boundaries up so stiffly right from the start, it makes it really hard for you and for them to feel a connection. And in order to retain them, you have to build that connection. Sometimes what people are in search for is purely accountability. Yeah. And the more connection you can create with them, the more open they're going to be with you. So if they sense that it's very transactional, they jump on a phone call, it's like straight to the point, you know, it's at 30 minutes, you're getting off the phone call, they don't hear from you until their email check-in, your email check-in is like, you know, straight to the point, they're not going to probably give you the entire picture. You know, they're not going to feel comfortable enough to let you know what's truly going on because you haven't first invested in them. Yes. And two, on that point, that's a really great point. Like a lot of our audience is new coaches, right? And so when you're first starting, you are not going to be rock solid great. You know, you're going to fuck up. You're not going to know how to help every single person that comes into your roster. You're going to make mistakes. And when you make those mistakes... If you have that relationship with them, they're going to stay with you anyways, because they actually know that you care. You know, if you're really straightforward with them and you're like, listen, I don't know why you're not losing weight, but I'm committed to helping you figure it out. And if you've done the legwork to develop a relationship with this person, they're for sure going to stick it out with you because they know that you're in their corner versus if you're just like a robot and they're not getting results they're gone. Like they're not hanging out with you because they don't feel like you care and you're not getting them results. So see you later, you know, but truly like 
I've had really hard clients where I wasn't able to get them the results that they wanted right off the bat. It took a lot of discovery work, but I retained them for a long time because eventually we did figure it out as a team. And if you can create that relationship and that feeling with your clients, they'll be with you for as long as they need to be. Totally. And it's so important to what I, what we see so often is you know, people entering the industry and they're trying to run their business like someone who's been doing it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. The person who's been doing it for 20 years and they're charging super high rates and their time is super limited, yes, they're going to have very specific boundaries. This is check-in day. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's the reputation they've upheld. Yeah. They're not struggling to get clients. They have a waiting list. Mm-hmm. We can't enter the industry and put up all of these roadblocks in front of working with us and be like... No, it's 1201. I'm not doing your check until next week. Right. No, you need to give a shit when you start coaching. <laughs> yeah. Invest in your clients. Over deliver. That is the key to retention is over deliver. You have to be producing more value than they're paying mm-hmm. for or they're not going to stay with you. Yeah. So put that legwork in. Don't promise everything, but just simply give them everything in the beginning. And with time, you can adapt the way that you coach and you know do certain things. But with the experience, you're going to be able to get those results faster. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to have more authority so that you have that pre-established connection. You're going to be able to create that emotional connection super fast with them because you have that experience. But you need to gain that experience first. Yeah, totally. And I think too, just on that same note is, you know, when you put all these roadblocks up, you make yourself superior, you know, you put yourself on this pedestal and your client doesn't want to feel inferior to you. You know, you're a person just like them. You're not better than them because you have the roadmap that they need. You know, you've just been in their shoes already and you found the way out. So the way that you can create that relationship really, really, really fast is by showing them that you're the same you know, and being in it with them and not making it seem like they have to jump through these hoops just to get in touch with you. If you can create even a friendship through it, that's amazing. And I know there's going to be lots of coaches that disagree with me on that, where, you know, you shouldn't become friends with your clients. And, you know, I used to think that too. I used to think that was kind of a bad thing, but most recently, like my clients, I'm so close with, and I know that these are relationships now that I'll have forever because of the the stuff that we've talked about and how vulnerable they vulnerable they've been with me you know and so really just leading from the front in that way and showing them that you are a team that you are not superior that you have the roadmap that they need and that you're in it with them like their their walls are going to come down instantly they're going to sigh a breath of relief and they're going to open up to you really quickly Yeah. And you're going to get people that are not going to be your ideal client and they may take advantage of that. That's part of the learning experience of being a coach. You can't get around that. Yeah. But when you develop that respect with your clients because you are in that journey with them, odds are most of them will begin to respect your schedule. Mm -hmm. They're going to check in with you on check-in day. And if not, they're probably going to let you know. And if they don't, that person probably isn't going to be with you forever. And that's totally fine. You know, you have to have, you know, some bad clients in order to gain the experience to know for you as a coach to value clients that actually Mm -hmm. respect you and for you to know, you know, who to invest your efforts with. It's part of the learning process. So, you know, like we were saying, Laura was saying she knows, you know, their daughter's name and their dog's name. (laughs) 
when you know those details about your clients, what it does is it allows you to start to over deliver. So if you know it is you know, their birthday coming up, you can send them a birthday card. You can make a note in your calendar to send them an email and wish them a happy birthday. You know, if you are talking about a book with them, you can send them that book, spend the $10 on Amazon and ship them that book. Mm-hmm. All of these little things go so far in delivering value to your clients. And it's it's nothing that you can create a plan for or create a strategy. It's give a shit, mm-hmm. but you have to pay attention and care in yeah. order to even be picking up on these things. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just treat them like your best friends. That's how I approach every consultation call. You know, I talk to them like I've known them for years. And because of that, I'm able to get them to drop their walls very fast. You know, usually women end up crying to me on their first call with me. And that's awesome because that means I've made a connection, right? But just like that, you know, send them flowers when they're having a tough week. Reach out to them more often one week if they need it. You know, just be there. How would you treat your best friend? That's that's my philosophy. Yeah, I think you've done a fantastic job with this and it's been largely why you've been so successful. And I think so many people should look to you and model your behaviors in how you act and interact with your clients because people can learn so much, myself included. You know, I try and be Laura, but when I say, (laughs) hey, babe, hey, girl, you know, all my my female clients get a little awkward. But but coming, coming back to... The strategy side, yeah, sure. The non-negotiable, I think, is sending a thank you card to every single client that starts. This does not cost a lot of money. No. You can get cards for like a quarter, like pennies off Amazon, like a big batch of thank you cards. Write a handwritten thank you note and mail it to every single one of your clients that starts. Yeah. That's a bare minimum. You know, I like the idea of creating a welcome package for your clients when they start, but that's just not feasible when you are just getting going and maybe you haven't got your rates up yet. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't cost you more than a couple dollars to send a thank you card. And that goes a long way. Yeah. And then, you know, we uh, we scaled that into a full-blown welcome package, which we would send a handwritten thank you card, a water bottle, a pop, a branded pop socket. Uh, we had a food scale. We had one of our favorite books or a book we thought that they would really enjoy. Protein you know, bar. Protein bars yeah. that we really liked. And you know what? It just... It's not something that they were promised. No. They were not expecting this. And then all of a sudden they start and a week or two later they get this big package in the mail. It puts a giant smile on their face. It starts the relationship off on a super awesome note because they know you went out of their way to put this together, to ship it out. It costed you money. It might cost half that first month's payment. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It goes so long. And even as a byproduct, maybe you have a t-shirt or a pop socket in there. Maybe this ends up on Instagram, but you shouldn't be doing it. No, it's definitely going to be something they're probably going to tell their friends about. Yeah. But it's going to really, really benefit your customer retention. Yeah. 100% agree. I've had lots of people just like message me in tears when they got these welcome packs because they just felt so taken care of and, and seen, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches that they'd maybe been with before didn't ever really see them for who they were or what they needed to feel supported. And then when they feel that from you, like you have a client 
for forever if they want to be with you for that long. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, and coming into like the more tactical side, which isn't going to be beneficial until you know what your average customer retention is, Mm -hmm. you know, then there would be some things that I would recommend. So let's say you're retaining people for four months on average, you want to get that to six I would probably start implementing something of value at the three month mark. Right. Like right before people normally stop uh, or before that, start doing something. Maybe it's another gift. Maybe it's another thank you card. Maybe it's celebrating something. Maybe do something just so that they have you fresh in their mind as delivering them value. But that's definitely more tactical. That's more down the road. You need to be tracking first. That's something that I would say, you know, we work with a lot of our one-to-one mentorship clients on, you know, if in terms of how we position our packages and rebuys and things like that. But that's definitely, that's for another day. That's a little bit more tactical. Mm -hmm. But I think that we could summarize, you know, the big three ways to increase your customer attention is first bring awareness to it and make sure you're tracking the start and end date and customer value. So you know the retention, just being able to look at a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Number two, make sure you're sending a minimum of a welcome card and a thank you card for every single client that signs up. This should probably be done fairly shortly after they start working with you. And number three, treat it like a relationship and really start to care, really start to over deliver, pay attention to what's going on. And you just, if you do what others won't, you're going to create a successful business. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think just to summarize that last point is, you know, be okay with messing around in the inefficiencies, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that if you are trying to make your business super efficient right from the start, your retention's going to suffer because you don't have the skill set yet to build relationships in an efficient way. You need to be inefficient in order to create those skills. And then down the road, you know, I'm more efficient now than I ever was before, but I still do all of these things. I'm just faster at them. You know, it's not that I stopped caring. It's just that I got I got better at executing on it. So make sure that, you know, if you catch yourself saying, yeah, but that's going to take so much time and it's going to, you know, distract me from bringing in new clients and on and on and on, you check those, those stories at the door and make sure that you realize that this is your job. Servicing your clients is your job. Building these relationships, that is your job. And, you know, if you're creating these roadblocks from doing that well, you need to break them down right now so that you can grow and scale a successful business. Otherwise, you'll never grow. Yeah. If you want to create a successful business, you want to leave an impact on the world, you need to do what others aren't willing to do. You need to be and, you know, really focus on being inefficient in those early stages because people don't want to do those things. They don't want to take that extra time. They don't want to jump on that extra phone call. Mm -hmm. But I promise you that it's going to go so far in creating success and increasing your retention so that you don't have to be stressing all the time about getting new clients in the door. Yeah, 100%. I think that was great. Yeah. So if you want to get access to our brand new community that we just opened up where we, we we chat and go live daily about stuff like this, head on over to MomentumLab.community. Link will be in the bio as well. We'll extend you an invitation into the group and we can't wait to see you in there. Yeah, see you in there. See ya.